couple of weeks ago, we watched a few clips from The Greatest Strowman, and I shared a few thoughts with you about the gospel. And um, we're going to do it again, because I just love it, and it's so jam-packed full of all sorts of goodness. And um, I know some of you have watched the film because of it. Uh, it is my favourite film, as I said a couple of weeks ago, probably because it reflects so much of the heart of God in such an incredible way. Um, and I like to do this for a couple of reasons. One, because... I think Jesus always used what was around in the day to teach. So all of his parables are just him going, what's around me that I can use to show you something? Jesus very rarely went to the Bible as he had it, the Old Testament, and started teaching from it. He actually went the other way around. He started with what he could see and then went back to the Old Testament and actually went, but now it's this. So he starts in a different place often. Um, and I love being able to do that. I love it because it challenges me as to how I teach and things like that. Um, but if you're not with us two weeks ago or not familiar with the film, let me tell you a bit of the backstory. Uh, P.T. Barnum was born into the world in about somewhere around the 1850s in America with very little. He tries all sorts of businesses, most of which fail, until he finds those whom other people have forgotten, those whom others have pushed into the shadows, and he puts them in his show. He gives them a family, gives them hope, gives them a sense of purpose, and um, essentially starts what is now known as the circus uh, by taking people who other people thought were not worth anything and celebrating them. So instead of shutting difference down, he celebrates it, elevates it, for mixed motives, uh, but ultimately they become part of a family. And the first clip we're going to watch is talking to uh, a man called Philip Carlyle, uh, played by Zac Efron. And Philip's a playwright and comes from a wealthy family. And Barnum realises that if he can get the rich people to come to his show, he'll make some more money, but he doesn't know how to do that, so he's going to try and get Philip to come and work for him. Have you got it there? And this is one of my uh, favourite clips for the lyrics and for the choreography. I think the choreography in this clip is unbelievably good. I might have even done it myself. <laughs> first things first, don't drink that much whiskey. <laughs> Second things, when did you last take a risk? When did you last do something that was radical? When did you last make a choice that when the outcome was uncertain? Hopefully the answer's fairly recently, because that's what it means to live by faith. That's what it means to live by faith. Faith is doing something radical, and faith is definitely making a choice where the outcome is uncertain. So the lyrics of this song are amazing. Have you got them there, Josh? I know you're flitting about between... Because the film won't play through our normal stuff. There we go. So trade that typical for something colourful, and if it's crazy, we'll live a little crazy. You can play it sensible. A king of conventional. Or you can risk it all and see. Read those words as Jesus saying them to you. You can play it sensible, the king of conventional. Or you can risk it all and see. One of the issues right now is that we have too many people claiming to love Jesus and the kingdom, but who live completely conventional lives. They look like everybody else's life. Their homes look and are used like everybody else's. They use their money like everybody else. They use their time like everybody else. But the kingdom is unconventional. The kingdom is different. The kingdom looks, smells, feels different. It just is different. So you can play it sensible and be a king of conventional, or you can risk it all and see. Next slide, Josh. Don't you want to get away from the same old part you've got to play? Because I've got what you need, so come with me and take the ride. I'll take you to the other side. Because you can do like you do, or you can do like me. Stay in the cage, or you'll finally take the key. Oh, you're suddenly you're free to fly. I'll take you to the other side. Again, that's just the heart of Jesus right there in that lyric. 
right there. Don't you want to get away from the same old part you play? Don't you want to be the person you're always created to be? Don't you want to come out from the shadows and stand up tall and say, this is me? Yeah. And, and you do. There's no doubt that you do. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that you do because everybody does. Because built inside you is a desire to just be you. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's, it's in everybody, no matter who you are, what you've gone through, how old you are, how young you are. It's in everybody. And yet most of us end up playing a part being something we're not. And of course, the answer is that you can do like you do, or you can do like Jesus. You can stay in the cage, or you can finally take the key by doing what he does instead of what you do. You can stay locked up in whatever it is that has you locked up, or you can be free because the key's right there and it's called Jesus. I love those things. You can do like you do, or you can do like me. It's great, isn't it? Next slide, Josh. But of course, we have a couple of difficulties. Just like, just like Philip does in the film. So thanks, but no, I think I'm good to go. Because I quite enjoy the life you say I'm trapped in. Don't you know that I'm okay with this uptown part I get to play? Because I've got what I need. I don't want to take the ride. I don't need to see the other side. I'm not in a cage, so I don't need to take a key. You realise that most people don't realise they're locked up. They, they don't realise it. But of course, he's not really free. He, he said at the beginning, do you... Right at the very beginning, he says, do you realise how suffocating they are? He, he already admits he is locked up in a cage. He's suffocated by them. And yet then he goes, oh, no, I'm not in a cage. But he just said he was. Because he said they were suffocating and he didn't want to be with them. Because one of the biggest reasons people don't change is they get comfortable where they're at. Never get comfortable. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you can't afford to be comfortable. Never get comfortable. It's not good for the moment you go, oh, this just feels really nice and comfortable. Well, maybe that's what Jesus was hinting at when he said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Because he was hinting that he didn't have a home, but he was also hinting that there's, there's, no, there's no comfortable place that I just go chill out and it's all finished and it's all over. The kingdom isn't a comfortable place to be. And if you, where you're at is comfortable, I can virtually guarantee that where you are is not the fullness of the kingdom of God. <laughs> if it's comfortable and nice and easy, and of course we can have these moments. But actually, if you're always pressing into Jesus, there'll be something that's uncomfortable. Imagine being a disciple. You would have been extremely uncomfortable because every day Jesus did something out of your comfort zone. He'd go, let's go to Caesarea Philippi. Well, what's there? Well, that's, that's where they do all sorts of weird stuff with weird things that are pagan, that are not Jewish, that are unclean, like where your mum told you you're never allowed to go, even when you were 30 years old. Your mum said you don't go there. And Jesus goes, let's go there. And then one day you walk along with a tax collector. He goes, oh, yeah, let's go to your house for tea. So best not be my house for going over tea. The disciples are like, they weren't, they weren't comfortable at all. Any other time they weren't comfortable. He totally just took them out of the comfort zone. He carries on, does the song. Have you got there, Josh? If I were mixed up with you... I'd be the talk of the town, disgraced and disowned, another one of the clowns. But you would finally live a little, finally laugh a little. Let me give you the freedom to dream, and it'll wake you up and cure your aching, take your walls and start and break it. Now that's a deal that seems worth taking, but I guess I'll leave it up to you. Oh, it's, just, it's just Jesus right there, isn't it? Right there. It's amazing. And a curse. There's always a cost to anything good. Nothing good comes without someone somewhere paying a price. Somebody somewhere pays. 
There's no such thing as anything being for free. Always know that if something good happened, someone somewhere paid the price. And of course, moving to a new place, finding new freedoms is all wonderful, but it will also involve a cost, a risk, and some faith. Philip will be shunned by his friends and family if he starts working with Barnum, but he might also find some freedom, a dream, and cure his aching. When you gain something, this is interesting, isn't it? When we gain something, or we think we might gain something, we often lose something. And, and too often we focus on, the, on what we're going to lose rather than what we're going to gain. We do that all the time. We know that to gain something, we've got to lose something, but we go, oh, I'm going to lose this, I'm going to lose this, I'm going to lose this. Yeah, but what about this? What about this beautiful, wonderful thing you're going to get when you get more freedom with Jesus? The truth is that with Jesus, you always gain more than you lose. Always. Okay, next clip. This is just a really uh, short clip. Uh, Barnum's daughter always wanted to be a ballet dancer, and one day comes home with some ballet shoes with her as a gift. I just want to say one thing from that clip. Please be careful about your speech. You realise the reason we should quit was the other girls. Please engage your brain before your mouth. Especially when we're together. When we're in our small groups, discipleship groups, life groups. It's really important. They've got to be really safe places where everybody can go away encouraged and blessed. So it's really important that we just think a little bit. And I realise we, sometimes we make mistakes, don't we? sometimes we get things wrong. But, but listen, when we're together, if you hear something that you think, oh, I don't know that we're quite right, I want you to say something. It's not, it's not just up to the person that's leading it to do all that. We're all together, we're a family, we're together. I've just heard a couple of times in the last couple of months people came away from our times together hurt by what was said. Well, that's unacceptable. That can't happen. Words are painful. So I just want you to be aware. And I want you to take it as your responsibility. You can listen. You can say something. If you, I know, if you're leading a group, you're thinking about a million different things. You don't always catch everything or pick up on everything. But I just... I just felt like it's really important that those places are really safe places where we can share our heart and we can be encouraged and blessed. It's really important. We all get it wrong at times, that's okay, but just words are really careful. And you know, you guys, when, when you speak to one another, I realise you part of the fun is dissing one another and you know, that's all part of it, but just be careful. Just be careful, okay? Just work out where limits are for one another. Work out when to stop. All right? It's important. Words can be used to build up and tear down. It's important. And you guys, just think about your words, okay? The way you talk to one another. It's important, isn't it? It's important. Words can bring things crashing down or they can bring things rising up. Okay. Uh, this is, a, again, just a really short clip. It's a conversation between Barnum and his wife, Cherry, after he's bought the big house. He's, kinda, he's bought the big house that's higher up the road than her parents, so he's proved he's better and more wealthier than them, and, and now he's going to go and do his next thing. When will it ever be enough for you? See, that's what happens when you try and scratch an internal itch with an external scratcher.
when we have an internal ache deep down. Like Barnum did, he, even though he had everything externally, internally, it was, he, he still hadn't actually come to grips with himself. He still hadn't come to understand some things. He had an ache to be accepted, to be seen as somebody, and yet externally he'd already done that. But of course, internally he hadn't worked that through yet. But trying to deal with an internal problem with an external solution never works. The other line I love is this. You don't need everyone to love you. Just a few good people. Sometimes we spend so much try time trying to get other people to love us, we forget about those who already do. You are loved, just as you are, firstly by Jesus, but also by people around you. Of course, those, t those people don't quite love you as you might like because they are this thing called human, which is what you are. See, we, we, we have this incredible ability to, to be upset when people don't love us as we'd like without realising that we are not managing to love people as they'd like, which is a strange thing. But their lack of perfect love doesn't mean they don't love you. It just means they're human. And too many people get so hooked up on the ways they feel they're not loved, they forget about all the ways they are loved. Forget about all the ways you don't feel you are loved and take a moment to consider all the ways that you are loved. So many, so many friendships and relationships break down because everybody focuses on the negative column and they forget about talking about the positive column. They just look at this negative column. This isn't happening, this isn't happening, this isn't happening. Okay, well, we've got to work on that, but what is happening? What is good? What is wonderful? What is fantastic? In what ways are you blessed? Write them down, think them through, thank Jesus for them. It's really important we keep a right perspective on these things. The enemy wants to destroy everything. And when you focus on what you ain't got, that's a huge bit of oxygen on the fire of destroying it. It's massive. And it's a good one for you kids as well. You know, sometimes, sometimes you get a bit caught up in the next thing and what you've not got and what you want. One of my kids sent me a Christmas list the other day. <laughs> these are some ideas, Dad. Actually, to fair, these are some ideas. It's great. It's, it's fine. It's not a problem. But, but we've got to learn to just appreciate what we've got. You should go, go around your bedroom and thank Jesus for everything that you see and say how long it takes you. Keep you busy for a long time. Every piece of Lego, Seth. He'd be there to work it, so he's like, it took me forever. <laughs> but it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to do. Thank Jesus. Thank Mum and Dad. Every, every T-shirt, every pair of jeans, every pair of trainers, the new school you thought, uniform you've got that your Mum and Dad went, I can't believe it cost that much money to send three kids to school. Oh, that was me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, but it's good. You should do the same. Do the same. You a lot as well. Remind yourselves how blessed you are. Okay, last clip. We all need a home and a family. We may not be bearded ladies or be completely covered in tattoos, but no matter who you and we are, no matter their or our background or experience, everyone is worthy of being part of a family. They'd found a home a place where they belonged and felt safe, a place where they're accepted, 
and even better, celebrated because they were different. Well, if that ain't the church, I don't know what is. A place where people can find a home, where they feel like they belong and feel safe, a place where they're accepted and celebrated because of their difference. I mean, that's church, man. Or what church is meant to be. That's church right there. Last slide, Josh, have you got there? A man who learns who is there for him when the glitter fades and the walls won't hold. Because from that rubble, what remains can only be what's true. If all was lost, there's more I gained because it led me back to you. And of course, you can link that with what Paul wrote about counting everything rubbish and everything I've lost, I've gained and all that. But I don't understand why people get so fed up well, I do understand, but sometimes when it all seems crumbling around, we should be celebrating, not commiserating. Because sometimes when it's all starting to fall apart, it means you find out what's really true. Some things need to fall to see the truth of it. Some things need to come crashing down because what remains can only be what's true. If all was lost, there's more I gained because it led me back to you. And anything that takes you to Jesus is wonderful. Anything that takes you to Jesus is wonderful. Isn't it? Yes. Okay. Amen. Those are my thoughts. But I, I do it as well because I want you to... I want you to see if you, if you ask Jesus, he'll show you how easy it is to watch a film and then talk about it. There's, there's, there's I think, there's a couple of clips I didn't use. There were like 11 clips out of that one hour, 45 minute film and others as well that all just... They've like got God all over them. But I want you to, we've got to learn to see in culture. We've got, but to that, you've got to learn to be aware. You've got to be actually in the moment, watching what's going on, seeing what's happening, and then be able to relate. But, yeah. Shall we, uh, shall we finish by singing Waymaker?